Crossengage Podcast. Welcome to Crossengage Podcast. You're listening to Michael. What do you need to create moments that are actually remembered by your audience? Memories are based on emotional markers. We remember really good or really bad moments. And of course, companies want to create great moments uh, and be remembered in a positive way. But how can you do this? We have invited an expert in this field who is a marketing veteran and has a lot of experience in developing data-driven marketing applications. He started at Rocket Internet by building and distributing a multi-channel campaign management solution. At Epic Companies, he learned how to treat customers in the right way and he has earned his spurs at Avato Bertelsmann. And the best part of it, he's one of the two founders of CrossEngage. So I'm really happy to talk with Dr. Markus Wibben today in our show. So, hi Markus, I'm glad we have time to talk. Welcome. Yeah, Michael, thanks for, for having me. Uh, happy to answer any questions you guys have. So uh, nowadays, let's start uh, with the customers who are always online, uh, for example, with their mobile devices. Um, and that's the reason why companies somehow need to know when and where their customers are uh, available when they need something. So Google calls this concept uh, micro moments. Um, what is this concept about and how should nowadays companies take this into account from your point of view? Yes, I think that, that Google made a very um, very smart move in order to, of course, promote their uh, their revenue bringing channels like like AdWords. Um, so the the concept between uh, the concept of micro moments is basically that you have to be there for the customer in the moment of action and need, um, and that stems from the from the fact that nowadays consumers are actually bombarded from all sides with, uh, with information and advertisements and, and distraction. And uh, what this is all about is that, that users have, let's say, a set of brands in their mind. When they make a purchase decision, they have a set of brands in their minds. And then they, they kind of look for more information. And on that path, uh, while looking for more information, um, they are they are kind of attacked from all sides with with you know distracting marketing messages from other brands, and in order for a brand to stay on top of the consideration set, so the brands to choose from, um, you as a brand want to be there in the moment that a user wants to reach a goal. For example, wants to look for a product review, um, wants to look for uh, a place where to go. Um, that's that's the moment when the people have a desire to to achieve something, and in order to stay on top of the minds, you have to be there in that moment. And that's what Google Micro Moments is all about. Basically be there in the moment um, of intent. And it's basically a combination out of, it's, it's basically um, intent. It's the, so what do you want to reach? Um, it's the context. Are you mobile? Are you on desktop? Where are you? And what kind of situation um, are you in, in immediacy? So how urgent is it? Right, so let's assume you want to buy something, and really, I'm trying to buy something. You want to make sure it's it's a smooth and easy process, and you understand, uh, let's say, any difficulties in the checkout process. But if you kind of if you consumers are looking for, let's say, product reviews, um, it's more of a it's 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 up the funnel. So um, you have a bit more time, but but still, the the immediacy is there. So it's all about the um, the context. 
the intent and the immediacy. So talking about these moments, um, of course, companies, as you already mentioned, try to provide useful and really relevant content on the one side. But um, to make this happen, they also need a lot of uh, insights about uh, their audience. And they, therefore, they need to gather, of course, some customer data uh, from all channels and touch points. So what are the real basic technical requirements to make this happen? I think you're mentioning a very good point. That's about like there's a lot of focus coming into um, into into the content creation right now and in, in, in automatically generated content and optimizing content all around. But I think the real power of content actually comes into effect when you have the the right customer um, um, data and and that actually um, uh, puts puts marketers in front of a lot of um, challenges that they need to solve. And that is first of all we have. A lot of channels and a lot of data sources where data comes from. Um, they're different, usually in silos. Uh, they're stored in silos. They have different identifiers. So in the email databases, the email is the identifier. In the shop, it's the customer number um, that's there. In from the web, you have the cookie, the cookie information. On mobile, you have the device ID. This kind of stuff. So th this is a really, really complex challenge to to aggregate all this data into one, let's say, one aggregated profile. For, for a user, um, and that's really a challenge that's, that's not to be underestimated. So let's assume, let's just assume a, um, a user comes to the website and then he logs in, and the same computer is used by his wife. And next time she logs in with the same computer and the same browser. Um, so we have the same cookie basically for two email addresses. How do you resolve identities in this kind of case? And this is a really data heavy and, and logic heavy process um, you have to make and that's that's a challenge that that markets have to overcome and very often it it, it is a real effort to get this this stuff going the, the the second challenge is definitely the amount of data um, that that is available nowadays so you know back in the days I've also worked in a lot of data warehouses and there is a couple of years ago and the amount of data that we have nowadays is is just it's just extraordinarily more than we've ever seen. Uh, so in order to be able to, to process these amounts of data, the infrastructure that, that can handle that um, has special requirements. And to build this up for, let's say, to, to build this up in the marketing uh, department um, is, is, is a very, very um, costly and also lengthy process um, that a lot of companies that I that I know uh, really ha are struggling with and uh, should actually get get support by by specialists that do this every day. You mentioned a good point already that things get complex quite quite fast. Um, so is there even before you start thinking about what kind of data you you might use? Is there a point where you can say from your experience that there are some things you should just forget about because it's not really necessary for the core business you're dealing with? I wouldn't want to exclude any information um, in the beginning. It's much more that that there's a, there's a process that calls the, the 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 data mapping, the user data mapping um, that you do in the very beginning when we talk about customer data. And basically, it's a, it's a process that tries to to model user data um, as as a graph. So you have objects or entities like users, and they do something. For example, a user receives an email. So now one two two objects in this in the sentence is the user and the email. And the action is the um, open, uh, right? So the user opens the emails or clicks the email, or the business, and that's the third entity, sends the email, right? And, and when you model these relationships, you 
um, and th those accordingly to the use cases that you have in the company and the touch points the user has with the, with the company and the brand, then you are able to actually extract which data is important. And this process is actually something that we at CrossEngage do all the time with our clients when we do, and we're in the onboarding to identify which information is actually relevant and especially in terms of being able to prioritize which data do we want to load, load first in order to serve the, the best use cases uh, right from the start. Like at CrossEngage, we always believe in adding value instead of just replacing let's say, existing tools or stuff that we that, that, that a brand already does, why should we be replacing that stuff in the beginning? What we want to add is value, and that is, is about creating new use cases, about fulfilling use cases that, that companies always wanted to do but never been able to do. And this, this, this process of customer data mapping, um, according to the use cases and the touch points uh, that a client um, has or a customer has with a brand, is is it is super important um super important process and out of this uh, you basically um, you basically extract the, the information needed I could think of a use case for for like any all the information I found I find in a company right I even can find use cases for the current weather information or, or how much people are currently uh, in, in Berlin Mitte or something like this right for out of home campaigns and whatnot so there is there's always a use case for, for data, and the, and the interesting part is actually all around combining these data um, and these data sources, um, because that would, what, what drives creativity for the marketers, if they know what kind of data they have and rather have a bit more, um, then you can come up with like the craziest use cases, and, and, and that's what agile marketing, I think, and, and is all about, and even like in times of the, let's say, attention economy, um, like coming up with new use cases and new smart ways of using data that deliver value to, to the client is, is, um, uh, is just super important. And that, of course, all being said, that the GDPR um, still calls for, let's say, the minimization uh, principle. So you don't just gather data that you don't need. You always have to associate that with the use case. And that's why the data uh, user data mapping, the first step, is so important because then you can always argue why you're collecting this data and why you store that. But then just, you know, from that initial point on, you'll come up with so many use cases. So it's, to answer your question, it's really, really hard to say what data is unimportant. I don't see any data to be like really unimportant. Um, it is more like which data sources am I going to start with? Um, and, and how do I get to the point that I'm actually adding value with new campaigns? And that is definitely like the rich, uh, the, the most rich source of data is definitely the behavioral data of the customer across the channels. And once you have that, you already have a good start. And then you can still eliminate you know, parts of that data if you want to, if you don't find a good use case for certain behaviors. But I would, I would, I would start uh, with the behavioral data of a customer. So now let's imagine you started uh, linking all the entities, creating great use cases and running great campaigns. When it comes to the point of scalability, isn't there a limit when you really try to catch all the interactions that happen, all the people, all the business cases you want to realize with your campaigns? 
isn't there a limit uh, according to yeah. scalability at yeah. some point? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what, 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 that's exactly the issue that we have with, you know, classical data warehouses, uh, where a lot of stuff moved into the cloud or on certain, um, let's say, very specialized providers uh, in order to be able to, 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 to deal with the amount of data just by in, when it comes down to storing, when it comes down to activation. So within the CRM tools, you will see a lot of restrictions on providers in terms of how many fields can you actually create uh, for a user, how much data can you load, how many times a day can you update the API, how long does it take for the data to be activated in the, in the, in the software uh, like this is especially important for real-time cases. So we know a, a provider that claims is real-time and it takes them 50 minutes to dispatch a message uh, in real-time. This is not real-time if you really want to have high, in, high interactivity, right? This is, this is not what you need. And, and so the, 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 it requires a lot of engineering effort to be able to handle these kinds of amounts, these kinds and amounts of data. And if you don't use, let's say, modern technologies like streaming uh, architectures, like uh, Apache Flink is a very good software in this um, in this aspect, and Kafka and all this async uh, processing, a lot of providers are reaching their limits quite uh, quite quite soon on amount uh, like immense amounts of data. Um, that's that's the one insight. The other insight of the problem is actually like if I have like one to n relationships and data. Um, and, and, and I want to store this stuff. So one user has N orders, X number of orders, or one user has X number of page views. Like most systems already struggle um, when I try to ask them, like, give me the last five products a user has looked at or the last five pages a user has looked at or to give me the third last uh, page a user has looked at. That's like, first of all, you need to have the data. The second is you need to have quick access to the data. Um, and especially when it comes down to uh, like in the CDP case, we have known and unknown users. So uh, the number of users in a system can easily go up to whatever, 50, 70, 100 million users. Uh, and I've seen this, right, with all the cookie profiles. So like, if, you, if you combine that with the number of events and behavior um, that, that, that users expose, this is such a, an, a huge amount of, of, of data that, that scalability is at the core of, of the engineering task that we solve here at Crossing Edge. Is this also one of the reasons why you started with Crossing Edge? Let's go over to to our to the uh, company now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, there's a there's a there's a multitude of <laughs> uh, uh, what other reasons say, issues it, that yeah. that I had with, uh, with 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 data warehouses and 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 CRM systems that I work with. I, I work with standard Oracle databases, all this stuff. Um, and, and, and the the thing was when I was in a in a marketing department where I was very blessed to have a lot of data and a lot of channel and that was channels and that was a couple of years ago um, I, I was blessed with this data but I saw my colleagues really struggling with extracting the data from the data warehouse and making it actionable so they were always kind of relying on BI and IT to select segments and then transfer this information that I was mentioning in the last question about like this third last page view, you basically have to go to your BI and IT team and say like, make an attribute um, that is filled with a third la last page view, right? And, and if you didn't want the third last page view, but the fourth last page view, it had to go back to IT and they would have to deliver this into the CRM systems. On, and, and that was super painful. And, and the BI guys had never liked us because you know they had so many analytic, uh, analytics questions, much more interesting questions to solve than 
extracting segments from a user database, that you know it 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 it, it, it was a real pain um, in the sense to 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 work like that. So, and then on the other hand side, on the CRM system side, I worked with even the you know the best best cloud systems back in the uh, days, but. It was such a it was such a pain to get the data into the platforms. I mean, just this thing of let's say once again the one to end relationships and and adding certain products or page views to the system was always column based, right? So you had a column, basically an attribute, and if you wanted, you know, another another product to be in the user's whatever email or whatever, you had to create another set of attributes and columns within the CRM system. So again, most of the times, you know, you would need by BI and IT. I have this very famous case of a colleague that was struggling like three quarters of the day uh, with, a, with an import of, this, of a second email address. And he said, like, every time I'm loading this data into the CRM platform, half of the email addresses kind of works and others don't work. And then some are like, cut off at, at a certain point and, and what the hell is going on and, and it turned out he had to create of course a field in the CRM system and, was, and he had to provide the length of the field and he only chose 20 characters which was the default so you know this, the, the poor fellow he was a great marketer and a great strategist but he wasn't like super sophisticated on the tech side and he lost like three quarters of a day by, before creating let's say another column for this email address, and that's that's what you know really was irritating to see that these other CRM systems around they were super good on creating templates and basically content, but it was so hard to get the data in that allows you to segment customers, and that's that that's that's amazing because you know given the focus we have on content right now. If you're distributing highly optimized content to the wrong target group, you know you could just you know, save your effort on content optimization because it's just not worth it. If you, the, the effect or the, 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 the success of content personalization and content optimization is contingent upon the right segmentation of your users at the right time. That's the basis for everything. So if you want to make content really, really great, you have to make the segmentation really, really great at the right moment in time. So you have to be there in real time. And these systems just wouldn't surface this stuff. They wouldn't provide this, this, this kind of possibilities. And on the other hand side, you have the, um, the CRM systems, which basically are the connecting part to the data warehouse to, like, to kind of activate this stuff. I was like, there needs to be something, something different. And I kind of built my own little CDP back in the days, and um, it, was, it, was, it was surprisingly successful. <laughs> and it kind of you know, took a lot of effort away from marketers uh, and from BI guys. And it was just the basic, the basic concept for what we do at CrossEngage uh, nowadays. So I came up with, uh, let's say, um, building a system that's, that's more transparent for marketers. Talking about the problems that actually led to developing CrossEngage, was it also a reason that you saw that companies don't really care about their existing customers? Um, so oh, yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. I, I, like, it's 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 still insane to to think and to sometimes see what what brands are doing when it comes to their existing customers. So there was this this company called Premiere, uh, so PayTV. And if you were if you were a subscriber um, and you, you you were close to you know the, the renewal uh, process of the subscription, 
they, they rather ask you to cancel the contract when you go to like a Saturn or a Media Markt or any of these uh, places where, they, where they're selling this, right, it's with promoters and stuff. They'll tell you, cancel the contract and get a new contract because you get a free receiver. And it's like, this is just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Um, you make your clients cancel um, in order to kind of increase the new, new customer numbers and to kind of uh, put all the acquisition costs Uh, into your existing customers. That's that's absolutely insane. But that's already a couple of years ago. I think this has improved a bit, at least, um, which is good because we all know from uh, this has been completely shown that the the long-term economic value um, of a of a let's say lead versus an existing user is clearly on the existing user side. Keeping an existing customer is like. Is five times cheaper than uh, acquiring a new customer. They're more likely to rebuy or buy it all than, than leads. Um, they're easier to handle uh, on the long term because they already know your company. They don't have these information requests um, and so forth and so forth. And in the, let's say, classical economy, this offline world, this has become a little better uh, over the years. But in in the online business, we're just starting to see that retention and first to second order rates are actually making a difference. When I started my career, the media guys, like acquisition and the, and the media guys, they had the budget, right, um, to run display campaigns and lead acquisition campaigns and all this kind of stuff, a huge amounts. But then when it came to handling the leads that were converted to first time buyers, There was basically nothing. There was no focus on this. And I, I, I found this very, very strange. But I see this shifting uh, in, the, in the minds of the companies, given that acquisition is becoming much harder. Uh, it's a very expensive process. It's not like, you know, back in the days, you would just open more and more uh, acquisition channels and pour some money in there and you would get new leads. This is not as easy anymore. So the valuable customer that you acquired with huge amounts of money, basically, um, and that's basically what it is, and, and discounts and all this stuff, you want to keep this customer. And th there's only a few businesses where repeat purchase is, is not, let's say, or lead acquisition is more important than retention, that is the products were, that have to be profitable on the first purchase, uh, let's say For example? Ma mattress. Right, I mean, like a mattress. How often do you how often do you buy a mattress? Um, like every five years, if you're like, if you're really like, you want the luxury of a bad new bed, like every five years, yeah, heavy maybe. user probably heavy user, <laughs> heavy user, yes. Um, but of course, they will argue, yeah, we're going to cross sell and all this stuff. But the core product, the purchase cycle is just way too long, right? And then after five years, you can consider him a new customer. Because usually the, the life cycle has changed, something has changed in life. So any information you have to about the customer is usually outdated, um, except for, I guess, the, the age and, and like basic information, but nothing you would really need to, um, to sell a new one. Is there on the other side also an example where it totally makes sense to really focus on, on uh, customer retention? Yes, um, of course. Um, any high-frequency um, e-com business... Um, where competition is heavy. Um, that's where you need to put focus on, on, on retention. Right? So if you are selling something on Amazon um, and you're selling light bulbs, then you know, if, you, if you make a customer buy from your product right, and you, you bought them for 10 years or 5 years and you're selling a one-year lamp, right, you need to make sure, you need to make sure 
that, that they repurchase and they come back to you. And only if and only if you're able to do this, then you will be profitable. Right? I'm exaggerating right now on the acquisition cost, but basically that's what it is. Because there's fierce competition, um, you have to make your customer come back and then um, uh, and, 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 and lead them into retention and loyalty on the site. So, yeah. So now I guess that some companies already realize that keeping customers is actually really worth it, um, but it's not just about the technology. Um, what other points should um, companies think about? Yes. Um, so for us, tech is really the last step in, on a sequence of three. Um, we always believe in a in a threefold or yeah in a threefold um, 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 analytics about the business, and that's the first business, the first step is basically the strategy, right? So your marketing strategy must have the attention of management. You need to be very clear about your let's say customer experience strategy that you're having, what do you want to do, how multi-channel do you want to be, how orchestrate, uh, orchestrated what do you want to be. If you're a monopoly, you know, you basically don't have to care, uh, frankly speaking. But you, if you're in fierce competition, you want to make very clear how do you stink your, distinct your brand uh, compared to the other brands, uh, and that requires management attention and the actual understanding of what you want to do and how you want to proceed um, on this Uh, with this. Um, so the strategy is, is, is the most important thing and that we all know where we're going to go and why we want to go that way. And I've seen companies that where they like, marketing was saying we need real-time capabilities and management said, well, why, you know, if we send this a day later, it shouldn't be a problem. And this, if you have these kind of tensions in the organization and you're not aligned on this, you, you can have the best tool in-house. It won't help you. You know, the best tool in, in in the world will not help you as well if you if you don't put focus on the second topic and that's organization. So after strategy and you're aligned on strategy, you want to make sure you're aligned on the organization. I mean, there was it was there was good and bad, of course, in the let's say single channel tools um, and the separation of let's say display email slash CRM uh, push slash mobile uh, postal mailings and so forth uh, it was super easy for the organization to do this all right we, we serve our channel but we don't we're not going to talk to any of the other uh, channels and departments and and this of course is, is different in, in a world where, where users expect an orchestrated campaign experience so they, they expect that You're, they're not getting diverting uh, and 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 like false or conflicting marketing campaigns across, let's say, email and then on Facebook, right? So so or you you just had an incident on the call center and then you go to the site and say like, hey, Michael, you know, d d have have we told you that we're the greatest company in the world? It's just you know people don't expect that. It's like, of what, course, this doesn't make sense. Exactly. So. What, what and, and and so you know, in this organization, moving from this single and isolated channel view into, let's say, orchestrated view is something that you want to make sure your organization supports and, and you have a way of thinking um, how you organize your, uh, your organization around, let's say, a, a, a clear customer-centric, not channel-centric, but customer-centric mm -hmm. approach to, to marketing. Um, and That's for the, the companies that are bigger. And, and, and the challenge, let's say, for, for smaller ones um, is that it, it requires, if there are just a few or just one or two marketing people that serve all the channels, 
it, it is really, it, it's necessary that, that they get the tools. Um, uh, and that brings us to the third point, actually, to technology, um, that, that have the tools that, that make it hard for them to orchestrate across a lot of channels. But they also need the knowledge of all the channels. And that's, that's, that can be a challenge for smaller companies that want to solve all the channels. That's why we also saw in the past that a lot of agencies have been deployed and engaged in, let's say, running the marketing for a lot of the companies because it was just so much special knowledge you had to do. So this is kind of a challenge that, that they have in, the, in smaller organizations, larger and more have the coordination. And one, one, one last thing on the organizational side, I think one of the key metrics that you will need to, need to establish in an organization is the, the understanding of what, what, what profitability on, on a single customer view means in terms of how do you measure success. Like what, I've, what I'm very often seeing is that, that, I, that every channel has their own profit and loss um, calculation. And then when you add all these profit and losses, basically, I see so many companies that should just be, you know, the next Amazon. They should be so rich. But, you know, seeing that, you know, the attribution of certain conversions to a channel um, in, in, that is actually the same user across multiple channels and so forth is, is, is something that, that, uh, that, that needs to be solved. And, 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 and this can be solved using the so-called customer lifetime value and understanding that a customer is not unique to a channel, but they actually, you know, kind of swim across all these channel lanes, right? And you have to have a different view on this. So the, 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 the natural question, because the, the, the real problem that arises is, like, if I have a, a marketing message to send, like, is mobile getting it? Is email getting it? Am I going to send on the display channel? Like, what channel am I going to send on? Right now, like, they just send it on all channels, and that causes the conflicting messages. But in an orchestrated way, you should make the right decision uh, on which channel to, to orchestrate uh, or to, to, to send this message on in order to have the, the maximum effect of, of this campaign. And, and, and this, this one, one, one uh, metric is definitely the customer lifetime value, but it's a, it's a metric to be established, it needs to be shared, it needs to be a, have a common understanding of what customer lifetime value actually means uh, in an organization and for, for, um, for even on, on, a, on a channel level. And that needs to be established. And once you have that, then we, you know, all these, let's say, even more operational topics like how do you incentive, uh, incentivize your, your display team versus the mobile versus the email team uh, is kind of resolved, right? Which, which currently isn't because you can measure that at the metric and CLV and then the, the departments actually have to cooperate to make sure um, that you get the maximum, of, uh, maximum increase in CLV because that's what it's all about. Uh, it's not maximum return on one channel, but it's maximum increased customer lifetime value. What, what exactly yeah. do you need to do, or from your experience, yeah. what should companies do to bring together the channels um, from an organizational perspective that actually works in the end, so that teams understand themselves as teams working together, no matter what channel they work on or yeah. what channel they work before yeah. uh, with, and uh, yeah, how you actually achieve the goal to, to grow together as one company yeah. delivering one client with yeah. appropriate messages. So joint successes is definitely the, the, best, uh, the best motivator. So at Crossing Age, we always want to, to make sure that, that we add value. So we actually start campaigns across channels as fast as possible and across departments and see and benchmark how much 
more effective this orchestrated cross-channel campaign is versus the, let's say, in parallel driven single-channel campaigns. And because once departments see this, this has a great effect, we are actually profiting from this. Um, it makes departments much more open for changes, like we measure the CLV across the channels and this migration to this common KPI that they are working on. Um, this, this, this is super important. I think success is everything in making things possible. I mean, like as a tool provider of, you know, it's like for me, it's the most boring thing is to replace stuff and then just do the same, maybe a little better, but do the same stuff. What I want to do is open new doors um, as, a, as a tool provider, right? And open new opportunities in this, in this, in this universe of, of, you know, unbounded possibilities of how we can do smart campaigns. And that naturally requires the combination of, of channels. Really good stuff um, like needs to be integrated. My emailing and my display message, uh, they, they need to know about my experience with customer service. They need to understand what I, what I was doing in the app. Um, and, and then we can create these really great experiences that really add value. Um, and and that's, that's, that's the best approach in my view, is create a common success between, let's say, two channels because um, the other channels, they will get, they, they, they also want to participate once it has, has gone great, um, naturally, because they see the success and like, hey, can we join, jump in? Can we find a use case? We can do this all together. And once you've established the, those dynamics, it's, 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 it's a breeze to kind of establish more, um, more thinking in this way. But you mentioned already that, that changing uh, the, the daily business uh, towards a customer data platform that actually talks to, to clients uh, across channels uh, does also change the role of what people are doing, whether it's channel managers or perhaps even business intelligence people. Um, isn't this a problem that they need new tasks in the end or completely different tasks than the ones they expect? Yeah, I mean, like, like not really. It's more about a, let's say, clever focus of strength of individual people. So currently, the, the, the marketers that serve certain channels, they basically do everything, right? They do the segmentation and they have the best ideas on you know, seemingly best ideas and who to target, what the audience should be, why we should cons um, uh, contact a certain audience. Then they do content optimization for that individual channel, which can be very hard if you're changing ad formats to stay on top of what's working and all these tactical issues. So they basically do do everything. And, and then they replicate this knowledge in every single channel with just with different, you know, say, channel specialists per channel, so like special skills per channel. So Facebook is definitely definitely different medium than email or display. Sure. Um, yeah. So you need different skills. But basically they replicate the same um, the, 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 the same skills within each of these channels. Um, and we as CrossEngage, we, we support a, a new role and um, in, in kind of a change in the organization. It's called the audience manager, who's basically... Um, kind of taking the request by, by the product manager or whoever wants to send a campaign and says, like, product manager comes to the audience manager and says, like, hey, you have this wonderful new product, product uh, category. Um, who do you want to promote? Who do you think we could promote this to? And then the audience manager is all about, hey, I might have this audience, you know, it seems to be interested in, in the category that's adjacent to, the, to your new uh, product category, and I know uh, they're, like, super high-value customer, and I think we can target them. 
And, and that decision is totally independent of the channels that, that are being used for now, right? So then the audience manager is actually um, giving recommendations which channels they could use because he also sees response probabilities across different channels and what works good and on, on different channels. But basically, he selects and segments an audience and then he gives this to, let's say, the, the, the optimal channels um, that, that he finds. And then the guys that were on the content optimization, on the technical side of, a, of the channel, for the Facebook channel, for example, they don't do these, this audience segmentation as much anymore, but they, they, they have the specification on this target group they're getting. And they are focusing on, let's say, producing the really good content and making sure that the channel is used in the best way they can. So much more focus in order to optimize and to distinct on both ways and less duplication of skill sets within the, within the, within the uh, channels, right? So this audience manager sits on top of all these channels and then kind of marks certain users for certain channels, but, and then this audience for, say, for, 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 for emailing goes to the email marketing manager and say like, hey, this is the target group, that's what it's doing please find the right content um, and the right timing um, for these users to be contacted, right? Now, we talked a, a lot about ongoing trends and, and changes, whether it's in the organization, in the strategy, or even the technology. Now I'm interested in your personal evaluation. Um, what is, from your point of view, the most overrated trend discussed in CRM right now? The most overrated trend in, in, in CRM right now a lot of trends are actually making sense. What I see as, as the most annoying thing that's there is that I can't distinct uh, who's doing what anymore on the trade fair shows. I mean, like, and, and, and so forth. Everybody's, you know, going, is, is seemingly going multi-channel. Everybody's about the customer lifetime value. Everybody's about the return investments on your, on your marketing campaign. Everybody's putting AI on, on their software, even if they just have a simple linear regression uh, in, in their tool. And it's just, I, 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 it's kind of like these marketing terms that we are using. Uh, apparently, we need to establish a few new ones, and or not new ones, but let's say ones that are more, uh, let's say, let's say that that have more content than the ones that we are using right now. But we we're currently overbooked on the AdWords, right? Everybody is using increase in CLV. Everybody's using AI. But what exactly does that mean? What exactly are we solving? How exactly is that? It doesn't fit into my marketing stack. That's, that's a trend that I don't like, that everybody's using the same buzzwords, uh, in a sense. And then even for myself, running a tool company, uh, like sometimes like I really have to talk to the company to understand um, what they're actually doing. And that's, 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 that's what annoys me. And that's, that's a strange trend in terms of trying to you know, promote simplicity in a, in a more and more complex world um, that just doesn't match. I, I, I think we should be clear on what, what we're doing right now and, and where we're going and where we see, um, uh, you know, every, 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 from customer acquisition to retention to win back and cross-channel and so forth, that be more, let's say, clear on, on, on what exactly that is. And that's a trend that I don't like, let's say, in terms of the marketing tool providers. And then as a general trend in CRM, I think the, the trends that are there are, are good in the sense that 
I see more and more companies adopting what we call the moment marketing approach that people are see that being a day late doesn't you know, give the, the, the best marketing effects anymore. I see that more and more brands want to be real time and they see the need for being there in the moment when, when users want that. So I see that actually it's a positive trend um, to, to go yeah, or where people are going. But I, I really don't have any, like on the CRM trend, what's, what's super annoying. Um, no, we don't, don't know. I think that most of the stuff Fortunately. is... Fortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see like most of the stuff is super needed. I mean, like we're still... Like theoretically, we're we're so far ahead, like where we could be. We all know that retention is the best driver. We exactly know, like, like how we have to distribute messages and stuff like that. But we have to operationalize that, and that's something that that's the stage where we are right now in 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 uh, in Martech and in customer customer management in in the CRM slash customer management in CRM not from the sales side but from the marketing side right talk okay. about CRM it's always the marketing side of, of the things not the sales side of the things I I, I, I think it's I think we, we all know what what we need to do but the thing is the brands are not ready from it uh, for it and and so you know let's 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 have let's see what, how the brands are actually catching up with the with the trends that they need to do and that's like moment marketing is definitely one of these things and even more um, uh, personalized um, content um, and stuff like that once once you're there let's see where what what the next trend will be and how useful that will be i mean there is one thing that's 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 i i, I will see where this is going to go is the chatbots. Um, I'm very interested to see where this is going, uh, where this is going, and how good the chatbots will be in the future. Um, like so, in every side, a chatbot is currently popping up every time. It's it's already starting to annoy me. Um, and, and when I talk to them, they're usually not very good, and I I don't know. It's and then they kind of every ten seconds on the page, you kind of. It makes a sound and it kind of is like, are you there? Is what's going on? How can I help you? It's it's a bit much. It's a bit too much from my side. So this is a bit of an let's say the the way people are playing the chatbots right now is is um, is not yet you know very sophisticated. Or right, let's see, like there are sophisticated examples, of course, but uh, like on a on a, on a, on a larger scale, uh, I see this that, that we need to find a, a good pattern and way. Um, of how we how we employ them and when to employ them and when to start them and how smart they are. So I guess chatbots are just not ready yet to be, really be helpful for people visiting websites or using apps. Um, I don't say that. I, I think the technology in some parts is, is super sophisticated and already like quite far. Right. The thing is, how do you employ them? And, and again, it's 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 target group and, and moment. Um, who you're going to show the chatbot to? And when um, it's again, it's, it's complete the, the segmentation part, but because the content, I they, they like these chatbots, are, they have become like super smart. Uh, a lot of them, like super nicely uh, contextually aware and stuff like that, so they understand uh, the, the context and, and so forth. It's getting like really good, but if you it's again with the like with the personalized content, right? If you present the wrong con or the, the right content to the wrong people or the wrong time. You know, the best effort is 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 wasted, um, and that's I think that's more of the thing, and it's also where our customer data platform, of course, can help is when to trigger chatbots and to whom to trigger chatbots and to whom not to trigger them, and rather have something like and I don't know, send an email, or in in the most expensive case, have the call center call somebody or. Even write a post a letter. We'll see, right? What whatever is more appropriate to somebody. Like there, there, there's this 
there's there's an optimal channel for every let's say for every customer and just throwing everything into the chatbots like unconditionally throw it throw it onto everyone um it, 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 I, i don't think that's the right trend talking about channels you just mentioned some like even offline uh, channels again or email or the basic ones uh, is there one in this year that you think is underrated so that there's a huge potential and people should actually use it more i i, I believe in i believe in the whatsapp channel i i believe in the whatsapp channel um here in germany and also across um across europe um uh, we'll have to see how the the more facebook messenger is strong on countries how they will perform um and stuff and the interactivity of this channel is 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 just insanely great um the way you 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 can approach users is is great and compared to sms i mean you can actually even see who read your message and it's very interactive um it, it's 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 again it's actually i think the the One of one of the most important channels when it comes down to moment marketing, because they always have, you know, like users have their mobile phones around and they have this, um, they have this immediacy. I, I need to ask something, or I want to be informed when 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 this new product is back in stock, uh, or when the release date is, or when my packets will be delivered. I just want this on my phone and. And this 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 moment focus is just nicely reflected uh, reflected in the WhatsApp channel, and even you know in Asia it's it's probably WeChat and and, and these players, um, but but here I, I really believe that WhatsApp is going to be a super interesting channel. Again, it's wild west. Let's see how companies are using that channel, how wisely they're using that channel. Again, if we just flush that channel with all kinds of crap, it's all about us marketers um, handling this new channel in a in, in a good way in a, in a responsible way uh, i think that's that's super important and that 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 will determine the the success or the failure of this channel i'm glad that you, that you came back to moments now because the final question in the podcast is always about a personal experience so a great moment that you had in your personal experience uh, that did you really impress you can you tell us some moment that was really I, nice i can very often tell you what, what what doesn't impress me actually that's why i want to promote more moment marketing in companies um We're on a on a sales trip, and and uh, my colleague Stefan, he was actually rented a car, and and we're in a small town, and so he had, so he had to go to um, the Deutsche Bahn counter to get the car, and after like 15 minutes, he came back without a car and a key, saying this guy didn't know anything about my booking, doesn't have anything, and and kind of, you know, uh, there's nothing for us. In moment theory and 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 the behavioral economics behind this stuff, there's there's always there's a rule, there's a peak end rule. So you basically in all of these moments you always memorize two things, the either the high, the low and the end. Research has shown that when you when you recover these bad situations, um, and, and there might be a failure, right? I mean, this car was involved in an accident, and they were booked out. Good for them, uh, in, in, in an accident, and hopefully there, there was nothing bad, you know, that happened to the driver, no no heavy injuries. But you know, this can happen, uh, which is fine, and, and we would have accepted that, and probably even be happy if they had told us um, and approached us proactively. And the second thing, if they had tried to recover that and call the, the other car rental company and see if there's something there. So some, with simple means, I probably would talk totally differently about this moment. 
super simple to do. You just think about the failures and how to respond to them and make this proactive. And you need the information in real time. We come back to the data complexity of gathering the data, having this available for marketers at the real at the right time for the right uh, target group and so forth. So this is problematic. That's why, why we have customer data platforms. And uh, yeah, the second thing is, 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 is actually that when you, when you made a purchase and you're, you're satisfied, and, and that's, a, that's, that's an exciting moment when you buy something, make sure you end that moment with a positive, um, with a po- positive moment, right? So again, the purchase process must be good, and then after, the, after that, the moments must be good, because there are, like in a, in a platform economy, we have a lot of competitors, and you, you're, you're competing on Amazon and all these platforms. You, you, the post-purchase phase is already the, 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 the pre-purchase phase for the next purchase. So it's all about, again, the creating moments that make sure that you're back in the consideration set for the next purchase. Right? This is what, what's all about. Just stay on top of the, the mind in terms of the consideration set. And that starts by, by, by creating great post-purchase uh, moments. Right? How to get more out of the the um, the product and staying on top of the minds and consideration set and moments and they are usually emotional they help you do this and and that's also important in the post purchase uh, phase. Thank you so much for sharing all the insights uh, with us, especially th- that companies should really focus from the first time on they are in touch with the customer to the last moment they they uh, interact with them that every step can be important and that you can easily mess this up but also easily take the potential and and uh, make a better relationship out of it. Thank you so much for these insights and your time. Happy to have you here. Thanks. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, pleasure. It was a pleasure. Cross Engage Podcast. Podcast.